This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. This is Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong. Oftentimes in life, we feel like we have to catch up to other people's milestones, that there are arbitrary points in life that we have to have accomplished something by, but that simply isn't true. Today, I have Shashi Kesavan, Head of Strategic Projects and Leaderonomics, to discuss the topic of the benefits of starting late with me today. Hi, Christine. It's, um, it's great to, to, to discuss this with you today, actually. Um, well, I'm, uh, well, as you said, I'm Head of Strategic Projects at Leaderonomics, but that's just not my first role. It's one of the many roles I've had at Leaderonomics already. Uh, I was previously at also Rage in the Star Media Group, um, the journalist team and also have done various different jobs uh, before this. And the reason why I want to discuss this topic with you today is because it's from my own personal experience and also something I'm starting to see a lot happening around me, you know, because I see a lot of young, fresh graduates almost always so worried, you know, so worried that they have to catch up to someone. It's like every time I, um, I'm sometimes I'm in the office and I actually hear them saying, um, when they catch up with a new joiner, like, what are you doing? And then they ask, uh, how old are you? And then they find out that they are much younger than them. And then they start to panic and have an existential crisis about where they are in life. And like, they're not meeting up to the expectations, you know? So that's the reason why I decided to talk about this. Mm, I think, you know, we've all had those moments in life where, especially with the rise of social media as well, where your life is on this, you know, scrolling comparison to everyone else on your uh, newsfeed. It's difficult oftentimes to remove yourself from forcing that comparison and thinking, oh, X person has accomplished this by this time in their life and I haven't. So what does that say about me? Or X person has, uh, you know, hit this life milestone and I haven't done that yet and I'm older than them. So, oh, am I not living up to, you know, whatever expectations I have? And in reality, we're all on our own timelines, right? And I think that's really interesting. And I would like to ask, do you think that the pandemic and the sort of the past couple of years have had an effect on people feeling like they're starting late as well? Yeah, definitely. I I would say that, but I don't think it's really about any external circumstances so much because I think it's really down to how you feel about yourself and where you want to go in life. So when there's no clarity about that, then there's uh, a sense of looking around at you. Then you start looking around what others are doing. Um, and then you start to have create a benchmark for yourself. Okay, this is what others are doing. This is what my friends are doing. You know, so this is what I need to be doing as well, because if I'm not doing what everybody else is doing, I'm going to be left behind. And I guess that there's an innate fear in all of us, right, to be to being left behind. We don't want to be left behind. Um, and if you think about it, uh, a lot of the time, I think we we often think about what what's the worst that can happen, right? Like, what's the worst that can happen if I don't try? If I if I fail, you know, what's the worst that can happen? And then we use that as a motivation. And I realized that maybe that's not the best way, and there could be a better way of doing it. And I found this out actually from a keynote speaker that I attended this Global Leadership Summit uh, last year, uh, thanks to Roshan, actually Roshan Thiran, who's the CEO of Leronomics. He, he told me to attend it and I was curious as to what this Global Leadership Summit was all about. And I heard this keynote speaker, her name is Michelle Poller, and she's the author of Fearless Dumo. And basically she said, she talked about straight stage fright and she always, she said like, why do we always focus on what's the worst that can happen? Sometimes, right? We think about what's the worst that can happen. 
Um, instead, think about what's the best that could happen. If we turn it around, maybe that could be even a bigger motivation. Instead of, oh no, uh, if I don't do this, you know, this would happen. Uh, this would happen. Or if I if I fail, at least I wouldn't be embarrassed. Definitely interesting. And uh, my implication with my question was not to say that external forces are responsible for existential crisis because they're not. But I was curious just to know because I feel like for a lot of people, the pandemic paused a lot of things in their life. You know, a lot of people, for example, a lot of graduates were not able to get their first jobs uh, at the time that they were, quote unquote, supposed to get their first jobs. Or, you know, maybe you wanted to have a career change, but at that point, the pandemic hit and you felt that that wasn't a safe bet. And like you said, it's that whole what's the worst that could happen mindset uh, for a lot of us that, you know, prevents us from necessarily taking uh, these steps or these risks or maybe progressing uh, faster in life than maybe we would have otherwise. But I was just curious to see what your thoughts were on, you know, maybe has the pandemic heightened those feelings? But, you know, I think it is a very prescient point that a lot of this is intrinsic. And this feeling of starting late has a lot to do with, as you mentioned, the way that you see yourself and what you are aware of about yourself and how that manifests in how you relate yourself to other people around you. So I think that is a fair point. So from that end, what is your personal experience with quote-unquote starting late? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so my personal experience is that initially I was really self-conscious about it. Um, and I, I had issues with it myself. And, th and that was basically the problem, nothing else. I think when you have issues with the fact where you are and what you're doing, um, that can be really, uh, that can really be a stumbling block. That can really stop you from certain things. So from my experience, because I, you know, I did, I didn't do anything for four years of my life right after my high school. Um, and the reason being is because I, I didn't actually sit for my SPM as a, as everybody else, all my peers were sitting for the SPM. I didn't. Um, so that was like a huge stumbling block. And in many ways, I feel like because at that moment, at that very moment, I felt like, oh no, I need to catch up. I need to quickly do something. I, I need to take up some cause. I need to like, uh, you know, get my driving license. I need to do something to, to actually pick up with everybody else. But the moment I just accepted that, hey, you know what? I'm going to be left behind and it's okay. Um, it's okay. And once I told myself that, then I, I was on my own personal journey. I was in competition with no one. And I was on my own personal journey and I was like, okay, what can I do now? And of course, it took me a long time to figure out. It took a lot of um, people support, the people, really good people around me, like my family, uh, for me to be able to get through that difficult time. Because at that time, uh, I wasn't aware of what I was going through. All I knew was like, I screwed up. That's all I knew. I just knew that I screwed up. So, but now on hindsight, I'm looking back and thinking, oh no, uh, I mean, oh wow, actually I, I actually gained a lot from that experience that all my peers didn't have. All of them were on track. They were doing what they were supposed to be doing. They were exactly where they were, should have been. And I should have been there as well. But because I didn't have that experience, I realized that uh, it gave me a lot of time to not worry about what I'm going to do and whether I'm going to be good at it. Because I was in competition with no one. I was on my own journey. I think that's really interesting. And I'd like to zero in on a couple of phrases that you've used. Uh, for example, starting block, right? You mentioned that in that moment, you felt as if, you know, you are 
uh, you've, you've hit an obstacle. And I think what is interesting to note is from the get-go, we're already all on our own individual journeys, right? It feels as though everyone is sort of expected to go through the same life milestones, but even that can vary from person to person just purely based on the circumstances of their birth. You know, uh, for example, generally speaking, I think for, I would say, sort of the middle class, quote unquote, you have this trajectory of, okay, you are born, you grow older, you go through the education system of early education, high school, university or college or some sort of secondary education. um, And then, you know, you get a job. But even that is not the... I guess, default journey for a lot of people, you know, for a lot of people, they don't, maybe they don't have the funds to necessarily afford uh, the entire education line. Maybe they don't uh, have the space in life, they need to immediately start work, for example, right out of high school, you know, And, and so I think that's interesting that already from that description of your experience, it took that inner paradigm shift of getting yourself off of that, I have to be on track, because what what is the track, right? You know, does it actually exist? Is it something that is actually tangible that we have to be on? Well, no. And it took that paradigm for you to be like, since this happened to me, since this inciting incident happened, it means that there must be a different way and there must be my personal way. I, I'm not on that track anymore and I've got to make my own track, right? Exactly. And in, in Leadernomics, we talk about a crucible moments, right? In in one moment in, uh, in this uh, leadership framework, framework that we we have that is called the science of building leaders which has been developed for 14 years and one of those moments is a crucible moment and that's usually a turning point and everybody definitely will have this in their lives and that is when it changes uh how you see things uh, i think it's really crucial that for me it happened really early with that in mind what defines starting late for you so for me starting late is basically when you're not expected or you don't have to do anything on a day-to-day basis that is part of a schedule that means it's either you're studying you know you're furthering your education you're doing some course or you're getting a first job basically being on the grind like nine to five doing something that you have to do because it's your responsibility so that will be my definition of starting late because that means you're whatever you're doing you're have to do in that sense, you don't have to do anymore. Uh, And I always think of it as um, the way I would explain it to someone is like, think about when you, the next day is a public holiday, right? Or when you don't have to go to work the next day or that it's a long weekend coming up. The night before you can, you can already picture or imagine how relaxed you would be, how chilled out you'd be not worrying about what you have to do. Your conversations with people will start to matter so much more. Um, you wouldn't be thinking about other things. You'd be more present because you know you have that space to do what you want, when you want, how you want. Um, And I think that's really key. So uh, for someone who hasn't experienced that time where they've always, from the moment they finished their high school education, they've gone on to work, they've gone to study, then they've gone on to higher leadership positions. If you haven't had that space where you've actually enjoyed or at least did nothing for a period of time, think of it, of think of how beneficial it was when you had an extended period of break, how you felt, how you spoke to people, how you interacted with your loved ones, um, how you spend your time without thinking, oh no, I've got something else to do right now. So I better do this really quickly so that I can get to that. If you didn't have any of that, how would you actually spend your time? 
Hmm. So it seems that, you know, in this frame of starting late, it's more what would you be doing or thinking if you had no external obligations and using that time to delve a little bit deeper into you and the timeline that you are on and the journey that you are on and maybe how you might want to move forward using this sort of time outside of external obligations. Does that sound about right? Yes, um, because that's when you really ask yourself and when you really look into the things that you like, you know, because you have that time and you're not pressured by the time ticking down till when you have to get back to the grind, you know, of doing what you have to do. All right, fantastic. We're going to take a short break for some messages, but after that, I will continue speaking to Shashi Kesevan all about the benefits of starting late. And we'll talk a little bit about the mindset shift that you might need in that little brief moment without external obligation and how you could use that time to think about what you might do next. So do stay tuned to Raise Your Game on BFM 89.9. Begin Free Malaysia. BFM. 89.9, The Business Station. You're listening to Raise Your Game on BFM 89.9. I'm Christine Wong and today I have Shashi Kesevan, Head of Strategic Projects at Leaderonomics, to discuss the topic of the benefits of starting late. Before the break, he shared his personal story on his experience with feeling as if he's starting late. Uh, and now we are going to talk a little bit about maybe some tools that could help if you're in a similar moment where you've had a crucible moment in your life and taking a pause to self-reflect and look at what you might want to do next. So in line with that, tell me a little bit about what helped you and what helped you to take action. All right. Thank you, Christina. So basically for me, it was um, the time where I was doing nothing really helped me to look into myself, understand myself better. And this aspect, you know, gaining that better self-awareness. And how do I know this about myself is that when I started then, then I actually started doing things, you know, started to study, you know, started to try out things. Everybody else was were, was much younger to me. Every Everyone else was much younger to me. And I realized that I had an edge, not just because of my age, but because I had more clarity and I understood myself so much better. And I knew if I was in a difficult situation, how I would cope with it. I knew if I was, if I was, things were not going my way, I knew how to deal with it. Um, if I was not feeling really good, if I was uh, struggling a little bit, I knew how to get myself out of it. And this all happened, it, it started to come naturally for me it was because of that time by myself helped me really understand myself better mm-hmm. helped me do things that um to know myself you know like what triggers me what what are the emotions i i feel you know um and i like to actually talk a little bit about you know if you if you look at um according i did some research and according to tasha yurik who is like new york times best-selling author and an organizational psychologist you know she she suggests that when we are self-aware or when we see ourselves clearly, we are more confident and we are more creative. We make better decisions, we build stronger relationships and we communicate more effectively. She also says that we are less likely to lie, cheat and steal. We become better workers, we get promotions and ultimately we are more effective leaders 
with more satisfied employees and more profitable companies. Reading this, I also feel like, whoa, okay, this is something that I've experienced, especially when it comes to building stronger relationships and communicating effectively. I feel like I'm, I'm able to communicate more effectively in that sense. And uh, so if, in terms of coming down to the, to the bedrock of your question, in terms of a tool, I would say, think of it as an opportunity for you to be more self-aware. And this self-awareness becomes sort of your, your if you like, it's like a, a tool that you have that actually helps you navigate when you start eventually. So would you say that, you know, it's difficult to get to that level of self-awareness if you are, if you remain productive, if you remain in that sort of cog of just doing without sort of, uh, you know, necessarily having that moment to yourself. Would you say that it's difficult to be self-aware if you are like that? It's, it's a bit of a, there's like a block in front of you, you know. It's not impossible to be self-aware if you haven't had that time by yourself or that time where you have not been productive, but there will be a block. And this block is because of your desire to always wanting to do. And that's great, actually. But if it's constant, if it's like every time, you know, it's all the time, there's no break period where you actually are doing nothing. Um, and I, I always like to talk about this, uh, especially at Leadernomics with my, with my team and my colleagues, always like finding time to do nothing. And it's okay to do nothing. You know, don't feel pressured by what others are doing to actually constantly always be doing something. Mm. You know, getting that pause... Uh, whether it be taking a break from your work. And sometimes it means, you know, getting fired in that sense or being let go for you to, it really hit you hard that, hey, you know, it's, uh, and then you realize you have nothing else to do, right? And that's when it sort of hits you hard and you realize usually a lot of um, great moments or big things happen to people's life when there's like a huge when they don't have to do anything for a period of time. And then they, there's this light bulb, you know, that gets switched on in their head and they start to see things more clearly. Mm-hmm. So maybe this sounds a bit silly, right? But how do you even get to the point where you are self-aware? Or how do you identify if you are self-aware? Or how do you get to a point that you develop more self-awareness? Uh, the way I, I would choose to answer this question is based on like, you know, if you're, if I was to ask 10 of my friends mm-hmm. or if you were to ask uh, your colleagues if they are self, self-aware, right? Most likely, most of them, majority of them would say that they are. And the likelihood of that being based on is how people perceive them. Um, instead of actually them really underlining like their, their, their values and their feelings. Because there is a different aspect to self-awareness and that is being able to how clearly you see your own values, your passions, your aspirations, um, which includes feelings, behaviors, strengths, and weaknesses. So this part of self-awareness is sometimes overlooked because this is within and not external. And usually when it's something is within, it takes, this is just you, you know, it's just you, it's nobody else. It doesn't involve anybody else. So when it's just you, sometimes we often neglect ourselves in that sense. Mm-hmm. And I would say that it's not necessarily you get this just by doing nothing because it's not about just taking a break, resting or sleeping or having a time away from work, you know, but it's more of intentional reflection, you know, because if you think about it, and I would pose this question to listeners out there, you know, try reflecting on the last time you took a break or went on a holiday, you know, 
by yourself, how did you feel when you got back to the reality of day-to-day life? Mm-hmm. What was in your mind? What were you thinking about? Did something change? Mm-hmm. I see. So, Shashi, besides self-awareness, um, which I think is also very important, and as you mentioned, it's an intrinsic thing. It's something that you need to think about and you need to have that journey with yourself. It's different for everyone how you get to that conclusion. But besides self-awareness, uh, what are some of the other benefits of starting late in life? Uh well, for me, I would say that too, and uh, which one is clarity. Uh, I think I mentioned this a little bit, and you see things more clearly, um, because basically everyone else is on another ship, and you don't have to be influenced or pressured by what others your age or basically people around you are doing. And the next is wisdom, yeah, because usually if you're starting late, you know you probably made a mistake somewhere or you made a wrong decision somewhere, and it's it's not going to be great. But that's okay, you know, because uh, ultimately through that early mistake or whatever mishap that you went through, you know, you learn a little bit more about yourself. And I like this quote from Bill Gates where he says failure is the best teacher because it's true because life without mistakes, challenges, obstacles, low moments of failures doesn't really teach us anything. And how about from, you know, let's say this has all been on a very personal level. What about from let's say, an organizational level, how could you maybe apply something similar in terms of thinking? Yeah, from a leadership and organization's perspective, you know, um, there's this um, an episode that Roshan actually did on uh, Raise Your Game of talking mm-hmm. about speaking about high performance. Um, if organizations get to a point of understanding who they really are, that's when they get to the heart of self-awareness. Mm. This is uh, basically what Roshan said. And um, as a group or an individual for that matter, you know, it's only once you're aware of your strengths and weaknesses can you make the right decisions to take the actions to move forward. Fantastic. All right. Well, finally, what would you say to others out there who are starting out late or feel like they're starting out late as well? Well, first of all, I'll say it's okay. You know, it's not, it's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing as well. Um, and of course, I wouldn't be able to understand exactly what they are going through in that specific moment or they are experience because a lot of it has to do with our environment because it contributes to our shaping our character and personality. But I'll say this, like I said early on, you know, we're all on our own journey. Mm -hmm. So try our best, try your best not to compare yourself with others, especially when it stops you from taking action. You know, just like when you see someone on social media and you mentioned the influence of social media earlier, Christine, and how it impacts our, the way we think and what we do. Right. And oftentimes when we look at it, it sort of stops us from trying, especially if you want to do something. When you see somebody so far ahead, it, you know, it stops us from wanting to do something. So if you, real, if you realize this, that something is actually stopping you, you know, then stop looking at it, you know. And when the sooner we accept this, the happier we'll be and the more excited we'll feel to start each day, you know, without the burden of what we're supposed to be doing at that specific point in time. All right, fantastic. I've been speaking to Shashi Kesavan, Head of Strategic Projects at Leaderonomics, all about the benefits of starting late today. Thank you very much for sharing your insight on this topic. Thank you, Christine. I'm Christine Wong. You've been listening to Raise Your Game. If you've missed any of today's conversation, you can go ahead and download the app that's available on the Apple App Store or Google Play. You can also head over to bfm.my to listen back to and download the podcast. This is BFM 89.9.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.